ESPN Daily is presented by YouTube TV. Try it free today at youtube.com slash NBA23. New users only. Terms apply. Cancel anytime. Ryan McGee, it is college baseball postseason time. And I certainly don't know anyone for whom this means more, this time of year, than you. What, what makes you college baseball's ultimate fan? Why, why do you love it so much? It's how I grew up. You know, I grew up in the triangle of North Carolina. It's NC State and Duke and Chapel Hill and Wake Forest and East Carolina. These are the games I grew up going to. My dad was a college baseball player. My brother walked on at Wake Forest for a split second. I am the one who never played. And so, you know, you love the game. I mean, we would watch ESPN in June and watch Pete Cavilla <laughs> at Rosenblatt Stadium in Omaha. And it just didn't seem real. It seemed mythic. I should know this. Was he Oklahoma or Oklahoma State? I've forgotten. Oklahoma State. Yeah, That's Oklahoma right. State. Right. Yeah, and looked like, you know, an American gladiator before there were American gladiators. <laughs> Deep to right center field. Back goes Myers. He looks up. It's gone. Another home run for Pete Incavenia. But just the tink of the aluminum bat, and the style of play, it just it all felt, you know, mythical. And so, you know, now I get to go to Omaha every June, Jeremy, uh, and they, they pay me in American dollars. Don't tell anyone. Paradise. Omaha has been the home of the College World Series since 1950. It is the goal. It's why they call it the road to Omaha. It's why you go into these baseball locker rooms all around the country and they have, you know, a map to Omaha because that's the goal for the season. And as a college baseball fan, the goal was to get there. But what I love most about the NCAA baseball tournament is it's still a place where Cinderella's can thrive. You know, when I wrote my book about the College World Series, that's the year that Fresno State was a number four seed in their regional and they won a national championship. Line to right, Detweiler's got it. Cinderella wins a national championship. I mean, I live just down the road from Coastal Carolina. The Chanticleers winning the national title is an amazing story. He got it, and it's all over. Coastal Carolina rules the roost. They win the championship. And here's Wake Forest, who have always been, you know, okay at baseball, but haven't been in the College World Series since 1955, and now they're the best team in the country. 2-2 to Crocs. He struck them out, and the game is over. The number one team in America gets to celebrate, and they're one step closer to Omaha. Everyone has a chance, truly, and that's why I love it. And speaking of Wake Forest, I mean, it, it, it's more than a Cinderella story. Yeah, and and it's um, it's a campus that I essentially grew up on, and it's um, I have a whole branch of my family went to school there, and so when I received the telephone call from the Demon Deacons baseball office in the winter of 2011 that said, we have a story that you need to know about. 
I took the call and I've been thankful that I did ever since. They had a head coach who was still brand new in Tom Walter, but it wasn't even really about the coach. And it wasn't even really about this five-tool player that he had recruited. It was about this amazing story that connected them literally, physically, and, and will forever. It's been nearly 70 years since Wake Forest last won the College World Series. The Demon Deacons have only made the trip to Omaha twice, ever. But with Omaha now in sight, Wake Forest is ranked number one. The current favorite to win it all, thanks to the best pitching staff in the nation and the leadership of Coach Tom Walter. But beyond whatever Walter and his team are able to accomplish this month, his legacy in Winston-Salem and as a coach has already been sealed forever by something he did more than a decade ago. It's a story about the bond between a coach and a player, but unlike any you've heard before. So today, on the eve of college baseball Super Regionals, Ryan McGee explains how Tom Walter came to share the gift of life with a player he barely knew when the stakes couldn't have been higher. I'm Jeremy Schaap. It's Thursday, June 8th. This is ESPN Daily. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom, Añejo Tequila came in with the smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky. 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Ryan McGee, so the story you're going to tell us today, it's about Tom Walter, who's the coach of the number one baseball team in the country heading into the College World Series. But it's also the story of a young man who played for Tom Walter at Wake Forest. Tell us about both of them. So Tom Walter is just, he's a college baseball guy. You know, you have people that are in college baseball because they want to do something else, maybe maybe coaching the pros or, or whatever, but Tom Walter's a college baseball guy. He took over a program that was about to be shuttered at George Washington University in the mid-90s, and he ended up taking them to the NCAA tournament and saved the program and also did that in the middle of, the grief and the confusion and the frustration that came with 9-11. And also, you know, people forget about the D.C. sniper. Hmm. Um, and he dealt with that with his team as well. Uh, shortly after that, he went to the University of New Orleans, a, a, a team that had always been pretty good, but not great. And he also took them to the NCAA tournament. And oh, by the way, had to relocate the team because of Hurricane Katrina. Packed up his team and moved them to New Mexico State to try and play a season and made the NCAA tournament. And then he moved on to Wake Forest. And when I first talked to Tom, uh, he'd been the coach at Wake Forest a little more than a year, and it was about Kevin Jordan. 
And Kevin Jordan was an all-league, all-city outfielder from Columbus, Georgia, and a five-tool player. We talk about tools, hit, run, throw, hit for power, and defense. And KJ was one of those kids who had all five of those tools. And Tom Walter had kind of seen Kevin. He knew about him. He'd heard about him from some scouts. Uh, He was being looked at by the Yankees. And Tom Walter saw a kid that he believed could help him take a Wake Forest program that had not been to the College World Series. It had been twice, but not since 1955. And maybe uh, turn them into a a sleeper program in a really, really powerful baseball conference in the ACC. And Kevin Jordan is a young man who's being projected as a first-round draft pick. Yeah. And it's... When I said that Tom Walter described to me who Kevin Jordan was, when you started looking at him, he said, he's the first phone call I made. The second that the window came open for recruiting, that the rules allowed it, that's the first phone call Tom Walter made was to Columbus, Georgia, and and wanted him to come to Wake Forest. And, you know, Kevin's being looked at by superpower schools, but he liked Tom Walter immediately. And more importantly, his parents liked Coach. And that meant an awful lot to Kevin Jordan. I heard about Wake Forest being an ACC school with a new coach. We did our research on what type of guy the coach was. When we actually got to meet him, we kind of fell in love with him as a coach and as a guy. When Kevin gets to Wake Forest, how does it go for him? Well, he shows up not resembling 200-pound, you know, strapping young man that, that Tom Walter had signed. He'd lost a ton of weight. And he had slowed down during his senior year. He became fatigued very easily his senior year of high school. I started to get really sick, and I thought it was a flu. I was throwing up at the games like I couldn't eat. I couldn't hold food down. And his parents, Keith and Charlene Jordan, they started getting concerned. We took him to the doctor right off the bat. You know, and again, they said at first it was just a cold and take this and this. But it just, it it actually got worse. He played through it, even though he would be sick and he would be tired, he still kind of worked through it as we tried to figure out what was going on. The funny thing is that the scouts were there and the scouts could pick apart everything that was wrong. They were like, you look tired, you look a little bit slower, your power's not there. I actually had a scout come up and tell me, why don't y'all take that kid to the doctor? You know something wrong. And I'm sitting there saying, we are taking him to the doctor. I mean, we're taking every doctor we know. In the official scouting report, because the Yankees did ultimately draft Kevin, and they did in the 19th round, in that scouting report, it said, you know, he's dogged by a flu, right? He's got this bug that he can't get rid of. By the time he reports to Winston-Salem, North Carolina, what we know and what he knew was that it was much more serious than the flu. What does it turn out to be? It turned out to be a a diagnosis of ACA vasculitis. And what that is, is a super rare autoimmune disorder and it causes kidney failure and it could kill you if you don't treat that. And so to save Kevin's kidneys, they started him on a really intensive a series of dialysis treatments. You know, it's three times a week. He's on steroids. He's on chemotherapy. And uh, all of this is happening when he reports to campus. I was in a hospital getting the tubes 
put in me to do dialysis. I wasn't worried about college or pro. I was kind of worried about how I'm going to get back healthy. Can you imagine, Jeremy, hmm. you're already going to class. You're already trying to work out, you know, as an athlete. But he is going back to his dorm room and is hooking himself up to a dialysis machine and just lying there for hours and hours and hours. And, and he's in near total kidney failure. Yeah. And, and we know what that means, where that's, that's headed. It's 15 to 20% is what the doctors told us. Um, that was his total kidney function at that point. They're failing. It didn't look like the same person at all. It didn't look like an athlete. Had I not known where he was, I wouldn't have recognized him. So he was taking 35 pills a day. The doctor walked through all that. He said, look, medication's not going to fix this. You're going to need a kidney transplant. When the family had gone to Tom Walter and said, this is our situation, their assumption was Kevin's going to lose his scholarship. And Tom Walter never even considered pulling that scholarship. I remember that conversation very specifically. He said, is Kevin's scholarship going to be good? And I said, absolutely. There isn't any question Kevin's scholarship's going to be good. And this is within the college baseball world where an 11.8 scholarship limit usually causes coaches to pull scholarships for way less reason and cause than kidney failure. So Kevin is in kidney failure. Uh, he's hooking himself up in his dorm room to this dialysis machine. What's the long-term prognosis? The long-term prognosis is you've got to have a transplant. Um, and so he goes on to the transplant list. And you know, once you're on that list, it takes forever. I mean, Jeremy, you know this. I have, uh, I've done a lot of stories about kidney transplants for mm. E60 and, and OTL over the years. I've learned way too much about this, and it's heartbreaking um, because people don't understand the importance of, of putting your name on the donor list. Uh, people don't understand how frustrating it is, the process, because there are just way more people in need of organs, particularly kidneys, um, than there are people who know that we need to donate. And so he goes onto the list. The, the quickest way to bypass that process is to find someone who will donate for you. And the first thing you do is you go to the family. You know, it's pretty simple. If your DNA is similar to the DNA of the person in your family, then, you know, on paper, that should mean there's going to be a donor. Well, they tested everyone in the family and there was not a match. And so that's where Tom Walter said, I'll get tested. I pulled his dad aside and I just said, hey, look, if you need me to get tested, just let me know where to go and what to do. I'll, I'll get tested today. They had the same blood type and he knew that. And he said, test me, test the staff, and who knows, maybe it'll work. So Tom Walter goes through six weeks of tests to determine if he's a viable match. Practice starts January 28th of 2011, and he's on the field. I mean, he's running the first team practice. I had my phone with me that day because I was waiting for that call. About an hour into practice, I stepped aside. She said, Coach, we found out you're a match. After the break, we'll go inside the mind of Tom Walter as he weighs one of the most consequential decisions of his life. 
Bird Seats wants to get you to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part? Each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seats rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code DAILY. That's code DAILY. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home some huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Ryan McGee. So now Tom Walter knows that he is a match. He can donate a kidney to Kevin Jordan, but of course that doesn't mean that he has to. How does he make the decision? He made it immediately. And in fact, as soon as they gave him the timetable, he said, I'm going to do this. They're like, all right, well, this is when we want to do the procedure. I called Kevin and I just said, what are you doing February 7th? (laughs) He said that his calendar was free. And I said, well, I'll meet you at Emory and we'll get this thing done. And he said, all right, I'll be there. Some phone call. Yeah. Can you imagine? I mean, and meanwhile, the team's taking BP in the background, right? I mean, the the season has has officially started. and, And he was not distracted by that for even one millisecond. It was really hard to control emotion when you know you're about to get like a second chance. I just ended the conversation with like a thank you. Like, I wasn't expecting this, but thank you. Wait, so so Tom Walter, who's his baseball coach. Yeah. But, yeah, not someone who's been a constant presence in his life for the first 18, 19 years, just immediately says, count me in. That's exactly what happened. And it's remarkable because, you know, I, I cover college sports for a living, and I know all about coaches stepping into living rooms and looking at parents and saying, I will take care of your child. I will do everything it takes to take care of your child. Your child will, will need for nothing. And the reality is, is that, you know, it's a sales pitch. And you don't really know the kid. You've done your research. They've done their research on you. But the reality is, is that even through the recruiting process, and even after Kevin had reported to campus, he and Tom Walter weren't even in the room together very much. I mean, Kevin wasn't going to practice. Kevin was having dialysis. And so for the coach to step up and say, yeah, test me, and we'll see what happens. It's that living room promise that, um, that sometimes, most of the time, I think, comes off hollow. And in this case, you know, it's a guy that wanted to help.
And you guys had a memorable exchange about this exact point in the story when you first wrote about this now 11 years ago. Yeah. Seemed like a simple question, right? I think that's what I said to him. Why donate? This seems like a simple question. Why donate? Why donate is, uh, you know, is, is a simple answer. And it's because there was just no way I was going to sit on the sidelines and watch this young man fight for his life when I could help. You know, now that I know Tom Walter better and I know who he is, I think he'd do that for anyone. But he certainly would do it for someone that was wearing his uniform. One of the questions I did ask Tom Walter that did not make it into uh, the piece a dozen years ago was, was the NCAA cool with this? And the reality is they did make a call. The compliance officer worked for us. Come on. Call. No, no. Made the Come call. On. Now I Made what, the call what, to the NCAA. It's not the, the NCAA no, no, didn't no, pick no, up no, the no, phone no. and say, yeah. hey, you can't give him a kidney. No. The compliance officer, th their job is to just check and make sure. And then when I said to Tom <laughs> Walter, I said, well, all right, so let's I'm say. Sorry, and, 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 and And I want to say the NCAA never even flinched. Like it wasn't even a discussion. It was okay. like, go, do it. All right, but, but it's easy to beat up on the NCAA. But right. Let's be fair here. Uh, this was not considered an improper benefit for even a second. Exactly. And so I asked the question of Tom Walter, and I said, so what if the call had come back from Indianapolis? You can't do this. And he goes, I would have done it anyway. So, But, but, I, but I did have to ask the question, improper benefit? And uh, no one even had that conversation. So the actual procedure, the surgery itself, how did it go? It was flawless. It was the morning of February 7th, 2011. Tom Walter at the time was 42. Kevin Jordan was 19. The surgery took a few hours, but almost immediately, Tom Walter was up in the hallway mm. and, and coming down to check on, on Kevin. The kidney was functioning beautifully. So it was a pretty emotional moment to know that the kidney was was doing what um, what it's supposed to do. Yeah, I just remember not feeling sick. It took me probably about 15 minutes to realize that this surgery saved my life. Just 11 days after the surgery, Tom Walter was in the dugout at LSU. Uh, for the season opener of the 2011 college baseball season. And Kevin was back at Wake Forest sitting in class a month later. It's remarkable. What about baseball? What about getting back on the field for Kevin? It was tough. You know, he'd lost 30 pounds. Um, you know, obviously baseball is a game of timing. Uh, he ended up making it into the lineup. It was a lot of motivation to see all my teammates, see everybody that I used to play with right next to me, and I'm 170 pounds, and they're as healthy as ever. As soon as my doctors told me that, yeah, you can work out, it was two workouts a day. I was doing everything I could do to kind of catch up. We had cameras with Kevin. His first game was out at New Mexico State. And we had cameras out there. Coming to the plate, number 21, left fielder, Kevin Jordan. And it's Kevin Jordan, the redshirt freshman from Columbus, Georgia, making his collegiate debut. And you see it in the video. His timing was so off, and he was pressing so hard. 
It's really hard to jump back into baseball like that. Kevin has struck out three times, once looking. The game was, it was going by really fast. I feel like I just stepped in the box and it was two strikes on me. Tom Walter called time, walked down from third base where he was coaching third base. And, and what he said to Kevin was, take a deep breath. You know how to do this. You're pressing. Tom Walter comes down, wants to talk with Kevin Jordan for a minute. He called time and like got right in my face and was like, dude, you need to calm, calm down. down. You know, it's a long season, you know, and just get back to doing what you do. See the baseball, hit the baseball. And after striking out in his first three at-bats, he finally stroked that first single and his, his college baseball career started. He lines it into right field. A first college hit for Kevin Jordan. And that was one year and 10 days after the surgery, after the transplant. Remarkable, right? Um, and the reality is, is that, you know, just baseball-wise, Kevin's career was a disappointment. And he'll be the first one to tell you that. I mean, he, he struggled a lot of times to get over 100 as a batting average. He struggled to stay in the lineup. I did have one conversation with Kevin. It was his senior year. And just kind of following up, I went to a game and we were chatting. And, and I said, so when you get angry at coach, do you hesitate? And Kevin interrupted me. He goes, no, no, no. He goes, when coach pulls me from the lineup, I'm not carrying his kidney around. I'm just mad at the coach. He <laughs> goes, but after my college baseball career is over with, then I'll maybe not be as mad at him because I've got his kidney in my body. Did Kevin think that what he went through that ordeal had an impact long-term on who he was as a baseball player? There's no question about it. And, and the fact that you think about the decision to go to Wake Forest, you know, the decision not to sign a contract with the Yankees after he's drafted, uh, the decision not to attend a bigger brand, quite frankly, a much better college baseball program. And he had those opportunities. His decision to, to roll the dice on Wake Forest saved his life. And he is the first one to tell you that. That's how he has described it to me, which is his decision to become a demon deacon, to play baseball for a program that had never been great, hadn't been great in decades. It saved his life because he had the right coach at the right time with the right team. Who knows how long he would have been on the nation list? Who knows if anyone would have ever been a match, a friend or a loved one. But because of the decision that he made, uh, because of the instinct that his family had and the reaction they had to who they thought Tom Walter was as a person, that decision literally saved Kevin Jordan's life. Mm. That's a pretty good story. And that's the kind of story that you love to tell. But it's, it's not the end of this story. No. There's a connection between these two men and then they have taken that connection now over the last three years and have used it to help other people. And it's just remarkable. How have they done that? Well, they've done it through an organization that they co-founded called Get In The Game. And in 2020, when we all found ourselves in the middle of the pandemic um, and then the murder of George Floyd, and as a nation, so many crossroads, so many emotions, 
you know, we all remember, right, the, the raw nerve that we were as the United States. Mm. And young people in particular, and this is coming from the father of a teenage girl who was in high school in the middle of all this, that young people in particular, they're dealing with so much and they don't know where to go with it and they don't have anyone to talk to. And the people that they they do have to talk to aren't equipped to have these conversations about social justice, about you know race relations in the United States, about where are we going to go from here. And so... Uh, Tom Walter and Kevin Jordan, they sit down and they go, is there a way we can help kids navigate this? Is there a way we can help teenagers in particular navigate this? And it went back to a conversation uh, that Tom Walter had had from a friend with no evil intent. It was an honest question from a friend when he was talking about the donation of the kidney to Kevin and the friend said, can you do that? Isn't Kevin black? And I remember my answer very clearly, which was, well, yeah, my blood and his blood are the same. And that's all that matters. And a light came on, which is even well-intended people don't know how to have these conversations because they're, they're not equipped. They're not educated. And certainly don't understand the science, it seems. They don't at all. And as I was telling Kevin that story, that's when the idea of forgetting the game was born. I called Amanda Antico, a good friend of mine in the education and technology space. And I was like, I got an idea. I want to take Kevin and I's story. I want to go into the schools. I don't want to talk about my blood and his blood are the same. And that's all that matters. We created Get in the Game, an organization that gives kids the tools to have a different conversation around race and equity. They started to go into schools. And what they do is they give kids the tools and the connections and the people to have conversations about race inequality. We have a, a portal that we've designed that allows these teachers to facilitate these, these powerful conversations in the right way, in a safe place. Kids can handle these issues. They actually enjoy the discussion, the shared experiences. What these two did was they took what was already a remarkable story and they added another chapter to it and they continued to add chapters to it going forward. So now here we are, Ryan. In the spring of 2023, Wake Forest is the best team in the country going into the College World Series. Tom Walters built this program into something no one could have expected that he or anyone else could do, that Miller Huggins and Casey Stengel and Joe yeah. McCarthy yeah. Uh, might not have been able to do. And yet the, the old-time manager I'm thinking about right now, and I suspect you thought we were going to get here, is Leo DeRocher. Yep. Because what did Leo DeRocher say? Nice guys finished last, Jeremy Shep. And the reality is, is that in this case, that's not the case. Wake Forest is the best team in the country. Um, they have the deepest uh, starting rotation. They have the deepest pitching staff. They still play the style of baseball that Tom Walters always wanted to play, and they do it to perfection. They took over the number one ranking in the nation with about a month to go in the regular season, and they have held on to that. And now hosting the Super Regional this weekend against Alabama with the inside track to go 
to where Wake Forest baseball has not been since they won the College World Series in 1955. Mm. And that's back to Omaha. Mm. We get cynical, right, about collegiate athletics. And and rightfully so on a lot of levels. (laughs) But being on a college campus is still my favorite place in the world. And being around athletes and their coaches, even in the era of transfer portal and all these things, there's still a connection there. Your coach is still your coach. And everyone as an athlete is looking for that connection with a coach. And quite frankly, coaches are looking for that connection with athletes. That's At some level, that's why they got into it. And so when these stories happen and when this extraordinary story takes all of that to another level, it, it kind of reinforces, you know, what we loved about college sports in the first place. It was the best decision I've ever made. Not even close. Coach giving me the opportunity to do whatever else I wanted to do in my life is what that transplant meant. Oh, it's a lot bigger than baseball. Is my life back. Ryan McGee, what a remarkable story, and it continues to be. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jeremy. I'm Jeremy Schapp. This has been ESPN Daily. We'll talk to you tomorrow.